over time, things do change. Once they change, they're never the same again. Change is part of life. What the new is, is. And you either adapt and you prosper or you die broke. Money Matters USA with Fred Sage. And you also need to work with your advisor to create multiple income streams. You're at the right place for information every week regarding all the components of a successful retirement plan. Asset allocation is really a driving force for how much your accounts are going to grow. Fred Sade is a financial fiduciary and retirement specialist. I have to put the client's interest ahead of my own pocketbook at, at all times. I must be able to justify why I'm making the recommendations. Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Hey, welcome in. It is Money Matters USA with Fred Sade. Fred Sade is uh, the founder, and uh, he's also the managing director of the firm of the same name, Money Matters USA. Fred holds a Ph.D. in economics from Duke University, and he helps many people with the strategies that are right for them in retirement. And also reminding, as he does on this podcast and on, on our uh, also our video series, what you should consider. Fred, how are you today? I'm great. How are you, Dave? Good, good. Hey, man, you put it right. You 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 got right to the point there. It's uh, you either adapt and prosper or you die broke if you don't know what change. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in this. I am not a big fan of change, but it's you can't you cannot like it, but you can't get rid of it. <laughs> it's going to happen. No, it, it does. As a matter of fact, um, I was talking with um, an advisor who I've known uh, for it's about 25 years. And from time to time, um, he's asked me to do some work with him, work with some of his clients. And we were talking uh, this morning and uh, he said a lot of a lot of his uh, older clients, he said, are just broke. He said, literally have absolutely run mm. out of money. They wow. have no money. The only thing they've got is Social Security, and, and that's it. What did and, they do? Uh, Not plan it out long enough? Didn't plan it out long enough. Uh, overly dependent uh, on the stock market. Uh, no consideration of, uh, of taxes whatsoever. And uh, when it came you know, time to try to make ends meet. Uh, they just had to keep hitting up portfolios no matter what. Yeah. They run out of money. He said, I, he said, I, I'm just astonished at uh, the, the number, the number of Gosh, these, that's, uh, that's people who, who have done that and, you know, who were uh, excessively portfolio dependent. And, you know, some of them might have like one or two small annuities like, like that is going to make a difference. Well, we you, you talk a lot about risk and 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 the longevity risk, and then taking other risk in mind in with that into consideration regarding other risks, and we'll actually probably I'm sure touch on that in the podcast today. But you know, most advisors start the conversations with new clients with a question: It's what's the biggest challenge you face right now? What, what keeps you up at night? In other words, the the questions are asked to cause the potential client to tell you what their problem is and how it's harming them. <laughs> uh, good purpose to it. The advisor is seeking a problem for uh, for their solution, a problem for the solution, an essentially commoditized approach 
which creates no value in the conversation or, or for the potential client. Yeah, you really want the solution. That's that, that's the <clears throat> reverse order there. Uh, finding a solution and then creating a problem for it. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. I, I had some young lady call me um, this morning re- representing a, a firm. I'm not going to mention the name of the firm. You'd recognize it. And I, I stopped her. I said, stop, 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 stop. I said, <laughs> asking me to tell you why, why I'm not happy about something. And you're going to see if you have a solution. That, that fits what I would say. I said, why don't you tell me what the value is that, that you're offering and, and, and skip to the chase here. What, <laughs> really? what are you offering me? <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> well, so how do you start your conversation and, and what is your approach? <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I, I start the conversation around why the client or even the potential client needs to change. And I provide evidence for them as to why they are getting less than optimal results based on what they're doing. Now, I already used artificial intelligence software, and I used the software to help me learn about the person or the couples. And by learning about them, I at least have a theory about what the challenges are. And then I look to see through the conversation, can we build a consensus? And if we can build a consensus, then this consensus and this conversation is the journey that they're going to go on to help them get to the outcome that they want. And during the conversation, there will be more than one, usually five conversations with this client, prospective client, And at some point, there's going to be a moment of clarity, you know, when you reach that aha moment, you know, when you can see it in their face, the the dots connected, there's a click. And that tells you that their their thinking is, is, is shifting now. And sometimes they may have concerns or objections, and I will do my best to effectively address those concerns or their objections. But the prospective client or, or who then becomes a client or talking to a client, they have to make changes that are fundamental and they're going to wind up with a solution is is very different than the one that they started with. But if they were happy with their outcomes, they wouldn't have gone on the journey and wouldn't be in the conversation. Now, my particular focus are the ages between 59 and a half to age 72. And if required minimum distributions are deferred to age 75, which they may very well be, then I will go from age 59 and a half to to age 75. And it's the, the greatest opportunities are before you have RMDs. And when you do have the required minimum distribution, they have clients who are just looking at that with very large portfolios and know they're, they're, going, to, they're going to get killed with, uh, I mean, you know, quote unquote, mm-hmm. air quotes here. Mm-hmm. They're going, they'll be harmed tax wise because the size of the RMDs are enormous. They don't need the money uh, for their lifestyle, even if they enjoy uh, an extravagant lifestyle. It's still way too much. And they're 
faced with what, what do I do on the verge of the RMDs coming out? And, and we do have RMD strategies to convert those taxable into non-taxable uh, income. And, you know, as far as the exchange between advisors and, and clients, you know, new clients, people don't need someone to ask them about their problems as much as they need an explanation of their poor results and what to do about it. They need good advice, recommendations as much as or more uh, as the, than them needing a solution. It's the conversation with you that's the value and not the solution. Yeah, Exactly. That, that's what it's all about. It's all about the conversation, which takes them on the, on the journey. Now, most advisors, as, as you very well know, focus on accumulation. And uh, when I started out, I, I tried to do both accumulation and deaccumulation. And what I found out is that I could do one or I could do the other. I could not do both mm -hmm. of them well. There's just too much information is too much studying there's there's just too much reading there's, you just can't keep up if you're trying to do anything so i liken it to, to like going to the dentist when you've got a broken leg <laughs> now, my, most advisors prefer to use a a withdrawal strategy and they will do that from a diversified portfolio well, they may do it with a combination of bonds and treasury ladders. Some will even throw in tips, the treasury inflation protected securities in the mix, but those are negative uh, right now. But many near retirees or retirees have this embedded belief that the stock market will continue to go up and that they can increase their wealth by remaining in the market. And the danger is that every two and a half years, the markets do adjust. Every five years, the market's correct. Now, we're going through something right now. It's unclear exactly what it is, if it's a correction. But the year-to-date numbers is that the Dow is negative 4.44, the S&P 500 is negative 7.01, and the NASDAQ composite is, is negative 11.98. Now, that's correction territory. So it's a lot more volatility even than the results that I've just mentioned because we're seeing ups and downs on the Dow Jones uh, of a thousand points on on any uh, given day. Mm -hmm. now, coming back to the bond situation, uh, Dr. Finka at uh, the American College offered offered a very interesting example, and I think it's dramatic. He's saying that if you bought a bond portfolio, put your entire million dollars into a bond portfolio last year, January 1st, 2001, at the end of, of the year, at the end of December, your bonds were discounted and they were worth 985,000. But that's not the major thing. The major thing is that that 985 could only buy 916,000 worth of goods and services. 
So that means that you would need a pretty sophisticated uh, response, like something like floating rate bonds, and you'd have to look at the very long term uh, of the yield curve. That's not where the comfort zone is of, of the average investor. I mentioned in a uh, recent podcast, and I did also in our video series, I mentioned Professor V. Bodie at uh, Boston University, and Dr. Bodie has called attention to the need to measure spending power. And he's saying that the, the key to all of this is to adjust for inflation. It has to be, spending needs to be based on inflation adjusted dollars. And, and unfortunately, Dr. Bodie's been talking you know, to, to, into, a de, into deaf ears. People just don't adjust for inflation. That's, that's not the, that's not the that's not the conversation that that uh, that goes on. It's 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 constant constant dollar spending power. Now the, the Biden administration has made a big deal about the growth in GDP, gross domestic product. Seventy percent of that growth was inventory buildup, and it cannot and won't continue. We know that inflation is running at 6.8%, and the Federal Reserve's favorite measure of inflation is the Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, called the PCE, and that rose 6.5%. And that means that inflation is higher than it's been in many decades. There really is no reason to think that inflation is going to moderate. Admittedly, some people do. Wages are up 4%, but inflation is outstripping gains. So the wage issue is, is a structural issue that, that's not going to be resolved easily. Another structural issue is, is energy. Until green energy becomes cheap, then it can replace hydrocarbons. The, the, these are these are issues. The Fed cannot cannot solve the uh, supply problem. So some companies, in fact, are, are using the Panama Canal to get goods in, over to the East Coast to circumvent the, um, the port in Los Angeles. And there's a, there's a saying: the Fed the Fed can, Fed can print money, but it can't print goods. Uh, right. That's true. That's true. I wonder. That's going to be interesting to see. If, will, will will that help the problem? You think? And, and why didn't they think of that before with the Panama Canal? Uh, the, the the first choice was to go through Canada, but but that's a problem because of the uh, trucking situation. In, in in other words, you can get the ships up to Vancouver, or, or but the problem is is the trucking situation uh -huh. in Canada. Right. The, if you recall, over the weekend, the truckers were. Uh, protesting in, in the capital in Ottawa uh, over the um, COVID uh, 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 shot mandates yeah. in, in Canada. So uh, so that's not the best solution. Go, going around, going through the Panama Canal, once you're going through Port of Galveston, um, that has been a better uh, alternative. Mm -hmm. 
um, using Florida ports, using the port of Savannah. Yeah. Uh, the, but remember, the, the bulk of the goods are coming from China. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, and, so, yeah, that's what's... And, and then there's that log jam. Well, from what you'd said earlier, I take it that you think many or many retirees are overly optimistic about equity performance. Yeah, I, I, I do. The... Um, S&P 500, for example, doesn't throw off enough gain or enough dividend performance to fund a comfortable lifestyle. And then that allows me to use that as a proxy to, to, to circle back to the 4% rule. Mm-hmm. And Bill Bengen really does not care if the market is up or down or if there's inflation or deflation. He's really inflexible how much to take out. I wanna, I'm going to come back to Bengen a little later because he's moderated that a little bit. But his classic approach was you do this and, and it, does, it doesn't matter. You, you don't make any changes. Uh, my concern here is that the market approach is based <clears throat> on a probability. And if you're depending on the market, that means you're subjecting yourself to a lot of risk. And some of these risks, and I'm not trying to be exhaustive here, but some of them are market risks. And there's a form of math called VAR math. And VAR math shows us that we have a lot more downturns than than we realize. Uh, And it's better able to capture downturns than a modern portfolio theory, which doesn't really capture uh, the, these, ups and, these ups and downs. We have also to be concerned about interest rate risk, inflation, withdrawal risk, the order of withdrawal risk, order of returns risk, and the biggest risk of all, the biggest risk of all is longevity risks. And there are a number of studies some of them about behavioral. And these indicate that people will withdraw larger amounts of money than is prudent because they do not fear being aggressive because they think the market will go only one way, and that's, and that's up. And we've talked about this. This is, this is focus. This is recency bias. These are very real. Now, we did, we did a whole series on Morningstar, which says that 3.3% is the safe withdrawal rate. And uh, Professor Wade Fow said in a recent Barron's interview, he thinks 3% is the correct number. Mm-hmm. So I, I believe the starting point in any analysis is to do a longevity analysis, because we want couples to see that their joint life expectancy, what that is from their current age, not their birth age, their current age. Mm -hmm. And once you can establish a baseline, then you can have, we can have the the social security conversation. So the claiming decision is based on joint life expectancy and not individual expectancy. And, And this is a major consideration. It may sound strange, silly, absurd, but one spouse is going to outlive the other. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Likely the, the to chan- happen, right? Yeah, that's right. Now, the chances of, of both spouses dying together in a common accident is so slight mm-hmm. that I asked um, an actuarial friend of mine at a major life insurance company, can you calculate that? And he says it would be a made-up number. It's just it's it's that the low. probability of yeah. that. Yeah, it's so remote. So the surviving spouse you know, is going to die single. So if the assets are exhausted, because people have lived to maximum expectancy, then Social Security could be the only remaining asset, and perhaps home equity. Now, we have additional research that's just come out recently and shows us the 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 probability of uh, of a couple of one member of the couple living uh, to ninety five, and then if they get there, it's almost a one third possibility that that one that that person could live to age one hundred. So I mean, this is this this is a very very real consideration, and we find over and over again that people give no thought to longevity. The only thought is. Maybe the the money's available. I'm going to go get it. And it's very hard to separate the decision to retire from the decision uh, to claim. Now, there's a, a study that just came out uh, at, from Boston College's uh, retirement center, and they're 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 trying to suggest that people consume 401k assets before they claim for Social Security, so they that's the deferral period, so they can get out to age 70. Now, whether people will do that, I, I don't know, but that's what their research is uh, suggesting. Uh, Dr. Larry Kotlikoff just published a, a new book called Money Magic, and um, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting book because he's, he's got a lot of, a lot of pithy things to say, a lot of hacks that he's uh, offering. And on Social Security, where he is uh, a a well-acknowledged expert, he he warns about the need to focus on longevity before you make any decision to claim. And he emphasizes that the failure to focus on longevity leads to this real danger of claiming too early. And he says flatly, higher earners should wait to age 70. And, um, you know, if somebody says, well, break even is not, uh, you know, would be adverse to me. Well, so Kotlikov says, well, if you die early, your family's going to use up your assets, but your widow will still get a bigger benefit. And the higher benefit is far more valuable than any other claiming decision, you know, that you can make, you know, unless you're going to get 10, 12, 15, 17, 19% returns in, in the stock market. Good luck with that. And uh, Kotlikoff also cautions, and he's spending a lot of time in this, not only the book, but on the appearances that he's uh, that he's making right now. He's, he's arguing that a lot of these split claiming decisions where one spouse claims early, the other spouse awaits to seven. A lot of these decisions are made without any consideration uh, of, uh, of longevity. Now, there's one other point that I wanted to make, because in our recent video series, it showed a graphic about the long, lost decade of, of, of uh, 2000 to 2010, and that suggests that the market 
may not recover on on you know on your schedule. So it's necessary to have some form of guaranteed way of paying for fixed expenses. Now, if you are totally 100% market dependent, 70, 80% market depending, I just don't see how you can rely on a predictable, sustainable retirement income or, 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 or by avoiding a strategy that, that will guarantee you income to pay those fixed expenses. Now, even if Social Security is cut, if it's cut 21%, 23%, 25%, you're still better off uh, with a delaying strategy, at least for one uh, spouse. I mean, all, all it would do is uh, push back the break-even uh, age. Now, in running scenarios using the software that I use, Social Security Timing, uh, so I'm, I'm finding that the break-even age for a couple has only, only been moved back two years. In other words, the break-even age was, was 81, mm -hmm. and now the break-even age is 83. I mean, it's not, a, it's not a big deal when you've got almost a 50% chance that one spouse will live to 95 yeah. and a one-third chance that they get to 100. So uh, not exactly, you know, you're not, it's not exactly, uh, you know, uh, betting, betting the house on, on who's going to win the fourth race at Pimlico. Right, exactly. And if you're married, you're, uh, it has to be a, uh, a selfless decision uh, because you are thinking about, especially if you feel that one uh, spouse, if you kind of know which one's going to live. And, and I, I'm putting my money on the woman. Fred, how about yeah. you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so it needs to be somewhat of a, yeah, obviously not just somewhat a selfless decision. There's just a lot to consider. There are hundreds of Social Security options, I think, just for couples in claiming. It's, oh, a, yeah. it's amazing. Longevity is certainly a risk. The need to plan the long game, Fred, can for you. 800-593-8188. Wherever you are listening to this podcast, you can reach Fred and uh, even schedule a virtual consultation. 800-593-8188. When we come back, Fred, we'll look at another risk, sequence of return risk on Money Matters USA. Are you losing sleep over market volatility affecting your hard-earned retirement savings? You can't afford to lose a big portion of your nest egg with not enough time to recover. Many people want safety and the guarantee of principle, but also prefer the potential of higher growth with the market. And now you can have both. Call Fred Sade at Money Matters USA at 800-593-8188. That's 800-593-8188. Hey, welcome back to Money Matters USA. Fred Sade is the managing, uh, managing director and founder of the firm you just heard about. A fiduciary firm it is, Money Matters USA. Fred is definitely someone who really just consumes the data on retirement. And he shares that information on this podcast. And he also can put it to work for you in your retirement planning in a custom fashion. Well, research shows that sequence of return risk can sink your retirement. The first three years before retirement and the first three years into retirement will make or sink your retirement. 
that's a swing of like six to 10 years. You know, that reminds me of Fred. It's like those critical years for new businesses. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of yeah, like, you that. know, I never thought of it that way, but yeah. Um, you know, yeah, that's, a, that's a good point. People, people should think of themselves as, as being in business for themselves because yeah. they really are. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. It's retirement's a business. Yeah, Successful is. retirement is looked at that way, I should say. So, well, yeah, I mean, sequence of return. I, 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 help us. What is yeah. it, first off, and get, get our mind, how, how is that such a threat? Well, if the, if the market is going into a correction, say, say we know that the NASDAQ composite is in correction territory. You know, Dow is all over the place right now. Um so if the market is correcting during the first three years of your retirement and you are dependent on your investment portfolios, on your stock shares for, for your income, you need the market to, to go up. But if the market goes up later on, say at the back end, eight, nine and years eight, nine and ten, that's not going to help you very much because you're not going to have enough of your portfolio remaining to benefit from from a recovery. Now, if the market corrects later in your retirement, you're not going to be hurt as much because you will have already gotten substantial growth on your portfolios, assuming that things go well. But obviously, gains are not guaranteed. So what do you recommend to clients? Well, I, I, I know I'm going to be hissed when I say uh -oh. this, <laughs> but one is to use annuities to fund at least some, if not most of your fixed But why expenses. do you think you would be hissed because if you think maybe um, not a full knowledge of uh, different kinds yeah. of annuities? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And because, you know, there are people, oh, I, annuities, you know, a, lot of, a lot of the problems with um the older variable annuities are ascribed to all annuities. And you've got, um, you know, that guy who advertises all the time who's in the annuity replacement mm -hmm. business and yeah. hates annuities. He really <laughs> doesn't. He loves annuities because he's replacing them. Right. <laughs> um, you know, you, you can adjust annuities for inflation, although the, the fixed income annuity usually doesn't have an inflation an inflation adjustment, but you can use a ladder strategy uh, here, and ladder, ladder strategies can be very, very effective. A, a fixed index annuity is very effective because they have inflation adjustments, or if they, or if it doesn't, if this particular product doesn't, uh, it's going to have an increasing income uh, option. And a, a variable annuity could also be used. But you have to be very careful in how you set up the number of riders or the optional benefits that you're buying on the variable annuity because it can add um, uh, significantly to your cost. Now, fixed index annuities do not have any costs that are paid for by the purchaser. So you're buying a fixed index annuity. You're not, you're not going to get a bill. You're, there, there's no um, uh, CDC charge that, that you're going to be uh, paying as you will uh, on a variable annuity. And even low interest rates 
don't have a lot of impact on annuities because what matters on the annuity is not the interest rate, it's the withdrawal rate. So even if you run out of money in your account, you now can tap into the mortality credits and the mortality credits will continue to make the monthly payments until you die. You can't do what the insurance company can do. It's All it has to do is ensure for average mortality. And once it does that, for those people who live longer than average mortality, then it can pay them out of the mortality credits. So in this connection, I, I said I would circle back to Bengen. And, and so Bengen is, is now saying, well, you know, you could pull in your belt, reduce your spending, be more careful about spending. You don't have to spend the full 4%. Maybe you can spend 2%. Uh, maybe in some years you won't take any money. Well, try that. Uh, if you need money and that's your only source, what, what are you going to, what will you do? Right. So th my second uh, suggestion is related to the first one. So if you can manage your spending, then you'll need to liquidate fewer stock positions. You're probably going to need to sell your most valuable and your marketable shares. So if you can control expenses, this strategy could work. Now, if the market is in free fall, it's not going to work because it can be very hard to, to um, for the order flow to, to get to get your order processed. So you're not going to know what what price you're going to possibly get. Now, I would say, and I have said this uh, over the years, the single most important thing that you can do, then there's nothing more important than this: create a budget. And yeah. then when you create the budget, divide your spending into three categories. Category one is fixed. These are mandatory expenses that you have every month, such as utilities. They're hard to get, hard, hard to get around certain fixed expenses. Second is variable, and I would put a hyphen there and say unpredictable, variable, unpredictable expenses. And for this, you need, you need to have a, a bucket in which you are, which you have, have cash in that that's your first bucket. And the money in the first bucket does not have to earn a lot of money. As a matter of fact, if it earns nothing, it, it doesn't matter. The important thing is to have cash. And the third bucket is optional. That's that's the bucket that you're funding from your investment portfolio. And th this is the money that you're going to use to take trips, buy your bicycle, uh, rent your trailer, uh, give gifts to your grandkids, uh, help with your, your grandkids' college education, take the tour around the world. I mean, you can make it up uh, depending on what your purpose uh, uh, is. But again, budget three buckets, fixed, variable, unpredictable, and optional. And if you can do the budget and you divide it the way I'm suggesting, that will show you what your choices are, and you can see where you're spending your money, and you can see where you cut back. Now, obviously, you can cut back on the optional expenses, which are totally portfolio-driven. Fixed expenses are harder to manage, but there's usually something you can do there. 
and the variable and unpredictable expenses that you don't know. I mean, your furnace goes out, you need a new roof uh, on, on the house, you have a sudden illness that uh, is not going to be covered fully by, by Medicare. Well, if you're not Medicare eligible at that point, maybe the uh, your health insurance uh, is not covering it. Maybe you bought a high deductible, and even with that, it's not fully covered. These are unpredictable expenses, and, and they have to be they have to be funded. The the third uh, thing is to manage the growth on your equity portfolio. And here, uh, this is the Kitsy's Fow study on glide paths. And what uh, Kitsies and Fow argued is that if you increase your equity exposure, you should do so as you age. Now, most people will not do that. They will increase their, their fixed income, their bond or bond-like uh, exposures, but they're reluctant to fix, to increase equity exposure. So I find this to be a great textbook exercise, but it doesn't work in the real world. If you 80, 85-year-olds are, are, are going to buy uh, more equities, go to 100% equity portfolio. So the, the point I'm making is, is that um, you are, as you are older, volatility doesn't have as much impact. And you're saying, well, why? Well, because you have less life expectancy at these older ages. And so if you want, you can push up the amount of risk. Again, it's a great classroom exercise. It works in the classroom. Very hard to find people who are willing to do it. But nevertheless, it, it, is, it is an alternative, the, the Kitsies Fow alternative. And number four is to use the proceeds from a reverse mortgage or cash value life insurance. Neither of these assets is dependent on an interest rate for cash flow. And the cash flows are income and, and capital gains free. Another one would be to use Roth assets uh, here. This, this is a very good, uh, good place to, uh, to, to use them uh, if you haven't already um, used them uh, earlier on uh, in, in your life. Well, we talked about longevity, and so we should take a look at the need to pay for long-term care. Um, that obviously, the probability is higher now because we're living longer, and it's consistent with longevity. Yeah, it is. Uh, I, I'm a great believer in long-term care insurance. The, the problem, uh, well, there are a couple of issues. One, one is traditional long-term care insurance is expensive. And uh, if you have no claim, the premium is is gone. This this is really the big turnoff. In in my opinion, how I run my practice, if you have about five hundred, six hundred thousand in total assets, and we're going to use long term care insurance, we're going to use the New Jersey Partnership Program. Now, partnership plans differ by state. But in New Jersey, it's it's a dollar-driven plan based on the amount of money that you spend uh, against what the state spends. In other words, say say you buy a pool of money in a long-term care policy that has two hundred twenty-five thousand, and let's say the total pool is spent. You now have a Medicaid claim, 
and the state spends two hundred and thirty-five thousand. Well, you purchase two twenty-five, so the state's claim now is only for ten thousand dollars. That's the total Medicaid claim. You what you bought as the pool of money offsets anything that the state uh, would would have uh, would have spent. Now, for people who have larger assets. I prefer life insurance or a single premium annuity because if, if you, you're going to get earnings on this money, if you don't have a claim, you're going to get money back. If you have a partial claim, you're going to get a, you're going to get a residual uh, benefits. And you can pick the duration. You, you can have an unlimited time period. Now, we all, we all come with a, uh, with a date stamp uh, on us, but you can buy benefits that are unlimited. But we know what that means. Uh, it's a natural end. Now, some of these products are, are have been designed with input from the Society of Actuaries. And um, on, particularly on, uh, on some of these products, you can use tax-qualified money. You can use IRA or 401k or 457 money. You can use that money to pay for, for premium. It does not have to be non-qualified funds that traditional okay. uh, long-term care uh, requires. Well, as we wind up, any caveats you would offer to people who think $1 million in retirement assets is the magic number? Well, yeah, um, we, we've had an increase, as you know, um, with people retiring between ages 55 and 62 during the pandemic. But a lot of these people are not going back to work and they're, they're not being lured back to work. So a million dollar portfolio is unlikely to be enough to fund a 30 or 40 year retirement. There is a textbook rule. I remember we talked about it on one of our, when we were doing radio, uh, the 25 times rule. And it says that to retire successfully, your savings need to equal 25 times the size of your annual retirement expenses. So say you have a portfolio of a million that means if you do the math, you're going to get 40000 a year, and that's just not going to be enough. At, at age 55, you can't claim Social Security. And if you claim at 62, as we've said earlier, uh, you're just not going to, you know, you're, 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 you're mortgaging the future uh, for, the, for the present. So in any case, you're going to need to supplement your income. Now, if you retire at 55, you may be able to take withdrawals from a 401k plan, 403b plan. However, and this is the trick, it has to be only from your most recent employer. That's the only plan that you can tap uh, at 55 if you retire. You can roll it into an IRA, but if you do that, the rule of 55 is voided out. and It does no longer apply. Another thing you can do, the Internal Revenue Service just changed the interest rate, made some other changes on the rule of 72T, so it's more attractive. So what it says, what we're talking about is here is you can make substantially equal periodic payments from an IRA or 401k or a similar plan with no penalty. 
but you have to take these payments in the same amount every year until you turn age 59 and a half. You can't make any mistakes. Typical mistake that I see is missing a payment, and there are penalties here. So this is an area where you, you need professional help, such as me, uh, to help you uh, figure out uh, what you can take. And other than these tax favorite options, if you like, loophole options, whatever you want to call them, you could use a brokerage account or a Roth account. Remember, sequence of risk is still your enemy. It's still lurking there. And you have to look at all of the costs. You need to have a budget and you need to understand where your expenses fall with that, with that budget. Uh, you're really kidding yourself uh, unless you know what your expenses are and you can get your arms around it. After that, you're, you're just throwing darts and hoping for the best. Well, good information, Fred, as always, thorough and to the point, but also, I mean, you give us things to consider that we should consider in retirement planning, not of 1962, 72, 82, 92, 02, 12, but 2022 <laughs> change. That's how you open it up. And retirement planning has changed over the years and you stay on top of it. Yes, I, I, I do, and because that's, that is my focus. My focus is on retirement planning, deaccumulation, tax-efficient deaccumulation strategies. I know a lot of people talk about that, but this is, what, this is what I do. This is what I think about. This is what I'm all concerned about. Fred is available with any questions you have, with suggestions for future podcasts or questions uh, from something from the uh, past podcast or a suggestion or question you have to be addressed by Fred on our companion video series and to schedule a virtual consultation. 800-593-8188, 800-593-8188. Fred, I look forward to getting together with you again next week. Absolutely. Join us. Do it again. And thanks for staying with us right here on Money Matters USA. Investment advisory services offered through Money Matters USA, LLC. Fred Sade and his guests provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell in any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to the securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are offered through Money Matters USA LLC. By contacting Money Matters USA, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.